This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. I'm Tree. I'm the uh, inventor of soul trap music. I'm a rising Chicago icon. I'm a, I made history as an underground hip-hop artist. I've indented my name in the soil and the grain of the underground hip-hop scene here in Chicago that is booming and is continuously growing. What's up? my godson Elijah and a little girl named Corinne. Keep it here by Tupac Shakur. One of my most favorite and dearest. It's close to me. It's close to my heart. It takes me back to a time just being young, and that's when when the music really started to affect me. When I was understanding it, and it just wasn't something that played in the car anymore. It was what I wanted to listen to. It was what I searched and sought out. That's when you know mixtapes was was big, and uh, and that was before bootlegs, and you actually had to go in the store and buy it and. These were the these were the products that people actually went and bought. But more importantly, it was actually that that uh, that time being a young black male where we as the, the the young urban group were starting to get some televised attention. We were we were out there. We were, we were being seen. We were being heard. Tupac was like the first artist that that struck a chord in me that made me listen. I respected him, honored him, and as, as that's seldomly seen in, in an almost renegade atmosphere that we grow up in as young black men. He was one of the first people to to speak it, the truth of the ills of the ghettos and, and, and stuff that goes down and how you actually have to prevail through it. And that's, that song encouraged me. This one still one of my favorites on my iPod now. It was that strong of a song that I listen to it now, 15, 20 years later. Some say the black of the better, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the He was the epitome of what every young black male hoped to be. And when I when I say that, when you include the factors of us being brought up without in, in the lowest of lows. First of all, he was a slave. Secondly, you see your 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 family, your friends, your neighbors constantly harassed by the police. Things that um people see on TV now. My people have been screaming 
about since the beginning of time, since the beginning of us here in America. Right now, it's like the best time ever. You know, I don't think a song like Keep Your Head Up can be written in 2012. It would have no real meaning. This song said, even though, for lack of a better word, even though you're a nigga, you can still be something and, you know, you can get through it. Keep your head up. No matter what, don't ever let them see you weak. And he was the first artist to capture that. And you can hear it in his voice that it wasn't a flaw. It wasn't a rap. It was actually, it was from his heart. You know, like, you know, a lot of these people, they rap. And when you rhyme rat and cat, you know, that's a rhyme. But if you can make meaning, you can make meaning leading up to that. Like saying, uh, I grew up homeless and my mama was on crack. Has more impact than saying, I made $10 million last year, and I spent it on bottles and holes in the club. Niggas in my face, damn near every day. Asking me a question like, job, where you stay? Tell the college ball, where the chop call. Eat 20 grand, spend a grand at the bar. This is about his own, J's on my feet. I'm on that Patron, so get like me. 69 cutlass with the bucket seats. My trunk bought it just for the freaks yeah. Catch me in the hood, yeah. posted at the store Pistol in my lap on the phone, counting dough yeah. If a girl true, let her do a thing Just like a mama, nice and night brain Everybody love me, I'm so fly Niggas throw the juices every time I ride by I know you wonder why, I'm so cool Don't ask me, just do what you do That's been the, the trend in, in hip-hop for the last 20 odd years, yeah. mostly since the takeover uh, from the Southerners. And they came, they took over the game, and it was all influenced by bullshit, partying bullshit. Not to take nothing from it at all, because we all party that music. We love that music. But f there has not been one insightful trap song ever made. There has not been one song that attaches to the generation the way that... Uh, a Nas or a Tupac, and you know it wasn't. He wasn't too shabby of a rapper either. You know he was actually. I felt like he. Was, I still feel like he's the best, better than any other. He was who we were. Like you see all these other rappers at the time. You see him on TV, and they all want to drive Benzes and Kango hats and. But, he was who I seen going to school every morning. Same guy, maybe no nose ring, but. You know, it was the same guy, tough, spoke what they felt, and it was, the attitude was, it's, it's me against the world, go all out, be wild. That's the only way they're going to respect you. Tupac is the best in my eyes. I don't see no no, no higher. Start with Tupac, and then you list, list the rest of them up. And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a woman. I wonder why we take from my women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I'm from Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green was a project, it was a populated community. Uh, it's always something to do. It's not as bad when you're in it as, as opposed to looking from the outside looking in. I just want to say for one, put this on the record, I've, I don't know one drug dealer that ever blatantly shot a child. 
I don't know one drug dealer that doesn't stop what they're doing when one of the mothers come in the building with their groceries. I have not seen one drug dealer not help them up the stairs. We, as a black community, we do have our ills, but we take care of our, we take care of each other. At least in my, in my, in my building. That was ignorant people that fought and stabbed each other and shit like that. But I had a good mother. She took care of us. She kept, she tried to keep us away from certain things, but being in the neighborhood, you naturally fall into it. Your friends talk about it in school. Projects was like a fucking, some people call it a zoo. I just want to say it's almost like an amusement park. Cabrini Green, there's 50 buildings. There are 50 buildings, 50 separate buildings. They have different addresses. Some of them have two buildings conjoined. So there's two different wings to it. In these buildings, these buildings can rise to 19 stories. If I'm correct, there's 14, 15 apartments on each floor. 15 times, let's say 300 families in each building. 50 buildings, that's 1,500 families. It was, like I said, it was an amusement park for me. I moved out of Cabrini Green when I was 13. I moved right into Inglewood. <laughs> Wasn't much of a difference, it's just less people. You know, I know just going outside of outside of my neighborhood and people were like, where you from? Cabrini Green, they were. You know, it was it was kinda like, ooh, you from Cabrini Green? How? Tell me about it. Cabrini Green was it was built on relationships. Gangs are like families. Me and my 20 friends against the world. The conditions make us bond together stronger. Because we, we all feel each other's pain. We the only person that listens to each other. For a long time, the news cameras didn't give a fuck what was going on with crack and all this stuff. It was, it was every day for us, though. I grew up with this guy, these guys. We, we done fought together. We done helped each other out. And we, we get high together. We done got girls together. It's us. We done got money and we... we get, we fight amongst each other sometimes, but in all in all, we love each other. And when shit go down, we stick together like glue, and we go after whoever. Now, in the case of being so aggressive, you, you have fallbacks. Like, people get killed. People get hurt. So, something happened to my guy that I grew up 20 years with, and it's just us against, we all got to understand it's us against the world. They do something to me, I take it personally. That's like touching my family. You don't touch them. So now I got to go do something. Got some static with some niggas on the other side of town Let my little cousin K-Roll, he's a rider now What they want from us motherfucking thug niggas Used to love niggas, now I plug niggas And slug niggas and my wrong niggas Making songs, trying to get with us Must be gone, no stress We in the West, we trust to the chest I bust Then we ride to the sun come Shining back to brighten up the sky I mean he died, heard the Fuji was trying to do me Look bitch, I cut your face, this ain't no motherfucking movie Then we watch the other two die slow level of acceptance that African Americans have right now is, is is a dream come true. This is what Martin Luther King spoke of. I'm saying that the possibilities are really 
endless. You can't make that excuse, the man on my neck, he holding me down. That shit is not even existent anymore. Nowadays, I can walk in any spot. I can walk through any most neighborhoods without being harassed. Unless I'm in my own neighborhood that's known for drug dealing, stealing. So I'm just telling you the maturation of America over the last 20 years and how Tupac's relevance meant some because of the time we were in, the period where young blacks were being incarcerated, when crack cocaine was 101, you get caught with a gram of powder cocaine, they give you probation, you get caught with a gram of cocaine, you do three years. This song, in, in more words than, than it actually says, symbolized the struggle that we was going through. And I, as a child, understood it. My father understood it. And he didn't like rap music. You know, he didn't like rap music. But I remember him watching this. Sometimes you need that lean on me song, you know. You need that. Like the, the Negro spirituals and the marching songs they had when they was marching with Martin Luther King. It was the soundtrack for the soul. As, as, as a community, we was hurting. In 93, 94, 92, shit, was, shit wasn't good for us. Last five, ten years, we, 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 I feel like we, we as a, 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 a black community have, have grown tremendously. I'm proud to be black. And Tupac helped me then, and, and even to this day, he encouraged me, you know, you, you got to accept what you are, who you is, to say it ignorantly, who you is, keep your head up. Hey yo, I remember Marvin Gaye used to sing to me, he had me feeling like black was the thing to be, and suddenly the ghetto didn't seem so tough, and though we had it rough, we always had enough, I hopped up off about my curfew and broke the rules, ran with the local crew, and had a smoke or two. I realized mama really paid the price She nearly gave her life to raise me right And all I had to give her was my life dream Of how I'm off the mic and make it to the right swing I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents It's hard to be legit and still pay your rent And in the end it seems I'm heading for the pen I try to find my friends but they're blowing in the wind No other rapper was saying that I mean you had the uh, Rock Kims and the so on and so forth and that was, that was what was considered lyrical. But it didn't touch the, the black community. If you, if you think about the East Coast rappers that uh, actually got on and all so on and so forth, or even NWA, a lot of their success was from the white community. They were, they were made that these, these black kids that can rap and dress and, and, and do this. That's, that's what made them big. Tupac, he was... He was not a rapper like that. He wasn't, he wasn't, you didn't see him in Gucci this, Gucci that. It, it, it wasn't, that wasn't his style. He was, he'd have his posse with him and he, he had all these stories going around. Like he's, and people, people relate, like he's a real nigga. That's what people said, you know, not, it, you know, people say he's a real nigga. Can you fix my prophecy? Stress in the city, the cops are stopping me. The project is full of bullets, the bodies is dropping. They ain't no stopping me. Constantly moving while making millions. Witnessing killers, leaving dead bodies in the bed. Carries the children cause they're healing Addicted to killing and the appeal from the cap Feeling what I'm feeling but will they last Or be blasted or let it pass it Maybe you're listening in this casket The aftermath, more bodies being buried I'm losing my homies in a hurry They relocating to the cemetery Got me worried, stressing my business blurry The question is will I live? No one in the world loves me, I'm headed for danger Don't trust strangers, but one in the chamber Whenever I'm feeling this anger Don't wanna make excuses, cause this is how it is What's the use unless we're shooting, no one notices the I'm the youngest of four boys. I got a mother and a father. I grew up with my father and my mother, and they they were married. My father was an army veteran. My mother was a receptionist. 
I got one brother that's a year and a half older than me. I got one brother that's four years, and I got another brother that's seven years older than me. So, Looking back, I was more uh, intrigued in what was going on around me outside my neighborhood. My brothers were caught up in the, the, the urban life and, and gang life and all that. And But it was uh, when they came of age and they could do it. You know, my father didn't play that under his, under his roof. I moved out of the projects a little earlier than they did. I was 13 when I left. My my brother that was above me, he was 15 already in high school, already doing what he wanted to do behind my father back. My other brother was 18, the other one was 21. So, you know, when we finally left the projects, they were they were who they were going to be. I, I left and actually had the opportunity to see things differently. I, I have no doubt that I would have fell back into the same circle that my brother's and cousins and so many of my friends fell into. But I remember that that summer, I got a job at the Shed Aquarium. First job ever at the Shed Aquarium at 13. And I was in customer service and it just, it was just uh, one, of the, one of those things that changed your life. Never, never really looked at a gang life the same. I know I gotta make my life right. You got this shit ain't nothing nice. Niggas in the hood wanna take my life with a knife, so I strap up every night and this gang ain't no joke. I pray to God. I I went to high school to Saba, right over 49, 41. And that's when I, <laughs> like I said, I left the projects and I came out here and I went to school right next to the projects. So what I naturally did was hung out in the projects over there. <laughs> but then I, I began to realize that, you know, I was putting my life in danger. I had a few incidents that happened that I had no, had no dealings in. I was just a victim of circumstance and being the wrong business at the wrong time. And one time I went to go get some weed from 5101 or 50, I can't remember this building, 5049 or something like that. I want to go get some weed. We lived on 49th and Champlain. So I used to walk to school every day. Well, I used to walk three, four different gang sets from Champlain to State. Walking straight down 49th Street. So it was four different tents to get your ass one. <laughs> Pretty much what that meant. I had knew this guy. I had hung out in this building before and I had knew these guys. Thought I did, right? So a couple of my guys that came out to get me, and they, and they started, when I first started doing music, and we needed to get some weed. The only way I knew where to get it was where I hung out at. So we jump in this Cadillac, and he talking loud, bumping the music loud. We pull up in the project, pull up by the front door, and he like pulled up and stopped real fast, like, eh! You know, I jumped out the car, and, you know, I know that. Guys pull me by my neck, like he, I was like maybe 7, 16, 17 at this time. He like pulled me by my hoodie, slammed me to the door, and, I, and, and then I, I looked up. There's like five guys I had never seen. Five guys I had never seen. And they looking at me, they like, uh, hey, what you is, what you is? Ooh. They like surprised me, like, must have grabbed my sweater, pushed me back to the wall or something. 
and the guy had a Tech Nine now. He's like, nah, you motherfuckers ain't gonna rob us today. And I'm, you know, I'm just coming about weed. Obviously, they ain't been getting robbed. But they get to search me up and down, and two of the guys down there I went to school with. And they sitting letting it happen. They had nothing to say. And I'm like, I'm I'm so and so. I'm this is folks. You know, they I know what they folks. We go to school together. So they search me up and down, they take my money out of my pocket. I may have had a hundred dollars. I'm like, man, I come over here every day. Y'all know me. He know me. He know me. I ain't I had to talk my way about it. But this guy, he just aiming the gun up and down. He got me moving funny and shit. I'm trying to speak my words. And he, you know, they obviously got robbed. They mad, they angry. And I, I as I as I Think about it now, the way my guy pulled up in the in the front of the building caused this whole spiel. And so I, he's like, but they like what you want. I'm like, I want, <laughs> I want 100 bags, I want 10 bags of weed. <laughs> so he take my money, make me stand in the doorway. One of the guys take my money, go in the back in the hallway where they selling weed at. He come back, give me 10 bags of weed. And I came back out the building, got in the car with my guys and all the time. Like, man, you won't believe what just happened. He speed out the motherfucker. <laughs> that was one of the experiences. You tell yourself, nigga, don't you ever put your stupid ass in that position. And I never went back to that building that day. Ride for you. I don't know the actual words to the song. I just know the chorus. I'll ride for you. I'll die for me. Dun, 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 dun. It was on the Master P I'm about about a soundtrack. I don't think Master P was even on it, but it's a singing group. And it came out with the I'm about about a movie, which is a, a hit underground movie in the black community around, uh, that might have been 96, 97, if I'm not mistaken, 95. But it was hot and it was the, it was the, the introduction of the South. The real introduction into we finna go to the South and we finna take over this money. And Master P got stupid rich from it. He put his region on. But I remember I'd come over to my grandmother's house and like the kids had to be in the front and all on the porch. And my cousin would go in. He had a room. He would go in his room and he got his friends come over who I knew were gang members and, and popular people in the neighborhood. And they, they kicked it with my cousin. So they would come over and they would go in the room and they would smoke weed. With the door closed and you would smell it coming from under the door and they would bump music and drink and then you hear them laughing and joking. That's how, that's how they kicked it. And I remember this song coming on and they would like play it over and over. That's, that's the first time I heard it. But I remember when it first sunk in, there was this project party. It was on the first floor of the building, which were usually the biggest apartments. It was like seven bedrooms, Three bathrooms. It's the only apartment in the building, in a total 19-story building that's actually structured like this. It's actually for uh, daycare services. That's, that's originally what they were intended for. Never happened. Guess it got budget cut. This is the, with the, the building of the Cabrini Green Projects. So they turned it into the lunchroom uh, over the years where the people would get their free lunch. If you lived in the building, you come right downstairs and go get your free lunch. No one actually lived there.
So they would get these keys from the building manager or whatever, and they would throw these parties. Everybody would come from around the projects. We're talking about different factions. At one point, it was all supposed to be one nation, one gang. But over the years, people, they separated into sex and for, for whatever, all different reasons. But they would come together at these parties. I remember it coming on, me looking off the porch. As I told you, in my grandma's house, you had to be in the living room or you had to be on the porch. Look off the back porch, the gated back porch, and you see just hundreds of people out here coming to party, music blaring, and the tenants just actually dealt with it. They never called the police. Like I said, we're all family, really. So I remember the crowd just bobbing to us, singing with it, and it was that time where the Southern rap was the shit. It was, it was the hip and the thing. Just, just, just takes me back to my memories. It's one of those songs I can play, and it resonated, bring up memories of my, my, my teenage, my, my preteens. Something new. This was that was the first Southern Explosion. Uh, it was the Tank, No Limit, and then then Cash Money came. That's when when everybody started coming out of Atlanta. It was like every week a new Atlanta rapper, and even now to this day, it's still Atlanta rappers coming out. Two Chains, Future. They got a, a region that's rich in, in natural resources, being music. They they definitely have a, a hell of a resume. Their resume may be bigger and maybe bigger and better than. New York and Californians combined. And that's just speaking from a realist. I'm not from the South, I'm from the middle. But just looking at the, the, the amount of success and the varied artists that have obtained it, the South definitely is the uh, epitome of hip hop music success. And what they've done in the last 10, 15 years is, is nothing, nothing short of miraculous. He was the first Southern rapper I felt to be respected. Outcast was out of the time, but then I'm sure I never knew Outcast was from Atlanta. Southern playing this California music, I listen to that all day, and I've never heard of Atlanta. How I don't know. I was just that young, immature, where it didn't resonate. That Atlanta was, you know, I, I hadn't even heard of Atlanta until my teen years. And other than Outkast, I don't think there was anybody else that I can think of that, that was doing it for the for the region. So I'm gonna say that Master P was the most notable Southern figure at the time, and he came out and he became a tycoon with real street music. Niggas had draws, meaning their their their, their voices. They had, they had different twangs to the, to the sound. The beats were banging. It was some new shit. It wasn't that bass sound and shit that California Snoop was making. It wasn't that goddamn it, uh, East Coast shit that Wu-Tang niggas was making. It was a new thing. We standing on it. We coming to y'all city. Give us y'all money. And people respected it. You know, people respected it. I think that I was more happy at the fact that this was like the first black CEO 
that I recognized. Now, I, as looking back, it was obviously Suge Knight and Barry Gordy and all that who were at the band. He was relevant in my time span while I was paying attention to what was going on. I used to play this shit at funerals. It was soulful. It was risque for the time period. You know, nobody was really singing in hip hop. Master P had found a, a, a like a hood boys to men group to to, to do something. And it, and it came over well with the with the, with the uh, populace. It's my 15, 20 homies, and it's us against the world. That's just the, the, the demeanor of the young black Americans. You can be on the beach, see groups of white guys walk past each other all day, and it will be no conflict. You do that the same thing with black guys, and um, like I said, guys have to do with our ills. It might be one of one of us that's, that feel like acting a fool, starting some shit. Other group might react to it, but because he finna fight, now I gotta fight. I'm gonna ride with you. And I'm gonna curse you the fuck out later, because you done got... Johnny didn't got his nose broke. He didn't broke his hand hitting somebody. All because you wanted to be drunk and you wanted to pick with people. But because I'm your homie, no matter what, you know, I, I got you. I ain't gonna let you get beat up. I ain't gonna let you, I ain't gonna let nothing happen to you. We gotta go back to the same neighborhood. And, you know, we come together, we lead together. You've been my homie from the start, you can be my homie to the end. The one that we call brothers and the ones our mothers can't just keep them laughing and laughing and leave me. Then you call me, I'll be the one down and come because I'm your homie. There's not many comrades like me who will take a bullet for you, D. Because I ride for you, homie, die and cry for you, homie. That's the homie, who block one know me. That's no homie. I remember uh, having a summer job at the Shelly Club, like I said, and I going back to school. In high school, I bought my own clothes and stuff, and I remember saving up like $1,800. And I remember not spending nothing throughout the whole summer. I was just going to be flying when I get back to school. I remember going on 47th Street, Bronzeville, and I, and I went shopping. Bought every Pelly Pelly this, bought me some, some Air Max, and I had all types. I was just feeling myself. You know, I bought me a beeper. Fuck, I need a beeper, folks. But I bought a beeper. It was lime green. I said, I'm going to kill him with this. You know? I came home. My daddy found a beeper. Took, I said, what the fuck you need with a beeper? You, you a drug dealer? I mean, this goddamn beeper. Like I said, my daddy didn't play none of that shit. He took my beeper. I never got to even use it. High school was my uh, sophomore year. I remember being depressed being there. I felt like everybody around me was immature. They was laughing and this and that. And I had some serious things going on at home as well. Father was on drugs, and he wasn't the father that he had taught me to respect. I was going through some things, man. I was, you know, I had a deep hatred for my mother at the time. Not a deep hatred, but I had a dislike. I felt like she was too weak, and my father was taking advantage of her. I felt like the way I was raised, she just let him beat us and shit. And I was getting older. I was getting bigger. I was shit. But anyway, but I remember not being happy in school. Because I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily in the popular crowd. I remember uh, I left the projects 13, so the people that you usually go to school with, high school with, they were completely absent. I moved to a totally different neighborhood, totally different people I never seen, never knew, and I was in a situation for the first time in my life where I didn't know nobody I was around. Like I said, from the moment I was born to eighth grade, these are the people that I seen in my neighborhood. I played with them after school, hundreds of them. Not one person I recognize, and I'm in a situation where everybody here 
has that same situation where everybody around them they know they grew up with each other. It's the same dynamic. sophomore year and in that last quarter my grades I had dropped down to B's and C's my mom and my dad didn't even notice it they didn't even notice it. my brother had just graduated from Lane Tech he was the salutatorian in between that I had a brother kind of flip out bipolar so I was dealing with that at home too I remember the summer between going back to school I had got a job I was making like $13 an hour $12, $13 an hour 16, driving around the city putting up posters for Jam Productions, which was a big promotion company in Chicago. They did all the big United Center joints and everything. They did everything. And I was getting paid to drive around the city and put these posters up on billboards, unregulated, unsupervised. I was a 16-year-old kid with a license. My first check may have been $1,000. I hadn't seen that much money since freshman year when I came to school. And so I'm just working, and I got this leisurely job. And the job was so so sweet that I would work maybe an hour out the day, and then I would go in the projects and chill, smoke weed, get drunk, high, go up my grandma's house, fall asleep till I gotta go clock out for work. That's when I kind of reintroduced myself into the gang. Like all my friends were still in that area. They would, like I said, they followed the same footsteps that my brother took. It's kind of natural progression to get into gang life. It's not even considered a gang. You. This is this is a way to make money where you ain't gotta leave the building. You know, you can wake up, come in the lobby, make five it out. Another day, another dollar, my mother will holler. She said, go and see the world for myself, and my brother should follow. Pops was smooth from his top to his shoes. Sang the blues, guitar strings he plays, smoking his cool, through Gelican hat. Picture this, yo, 70s cat. He wrote his music in the back of the crib. I did my homework. At night, the windows and speakers pumping life out. A fight, people screaming because somebody pulled a knife out. So while I look at this room, I'm hooked to this tune. Every night, the same melody. Hell sounded so heavenly. But anyway, speed act up the junior year. The, the school year was approaching, and I knew I had to make a decision. Over the summer, I had bought me a car. I was saving my money. I had saved up maybe three. I was a big buffer saving at the time. I just I could pay three, four hundred dollars. I would take just enough to get to work by lunch, and I would try to spend as least amount as possible until I got paid again. And over time, I had accumulated three, four thousand dollars. So I, I stopped going to school. I remember going to work early in the morning, passing my classmates in my new car. They were walking. A couple people walked from uh, Champlain to State as well, all in that area. A lot of people walked, and I remember riding past them. I would be smoking weed early in the morning, have my music bumping in my new car, and I would give them a ride, let them hit the weed, and just stay like, man, you man, you just going to stop coming. I said, man, I'm, I don't think I'm coming back. I had called off one day to go to school, and I got there. And they're like, this is the shit I left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes like this right here. It's like, uh, niggas always be hollering peace, you know what I'm saying? Peace, my brother, peace this, peace that, you know what I'm saying? But every time I, I uh, try to get a peace of mind, niggas try to get a peace of mind. So I gotta grab my peace. 
The Return of the G. That'll be known for the record. I never listened to the second verse. I only listened to Andre 3000's verse. Why? Because I just fell in love with, with, with the expression. I fell in love with the knowledge that he kicked, even at 16, 17. This is the song that I would play in my new car while I drove past my former classmates on my way to work, while they were going to school and I was going to work. This is when I was starting to understand music. Gangster, thanksta, them niggas that'll run off in your crib which contains your lady and the eight-month-old child raised, but you two blew about this music, but you know, I want to hear because you better be shooting and killing and bopping and killing. I don't know some of my own lyrics that I've written in the last year. I know this song. This song was when I first started listening to music and I was like, man, I could do this shit. And I'm listening to it, and I'm not a great freestyle. I don't like freestyle. Like, they got battle raps and shit. I, I'm not the type of rap. I like to give you impactful, thoughtful lines over great, great beats. That's my style. But I remember hearing this. This song is excellent to this day. It, it shits on 95, 99.9% .9 of the music that's going to come out next year. This song here from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I put money on that. But I knew that I could do it. It's the return of the gangster. Thanks to the niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an eight month old child to raise. Plus, you true blue about this music, but they do not want to hear because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing and bouncing and shit. Get down. When I heard this song, I can make good music like that. You know, this is before I ever started writing. I wasn't the type of kid who grew up rapping and wanted to write and shit. So it's not necessarily you born with it and this and that. Sometimes you can be taught it. I did sing in church, though. I was a tenor. <laughs> Sometimes they make me be alto, you know what I mean? So music was always there. But this song, he was spitting with great lyricism, with great lyrics at a steady pace, but they were impactful. So at the, it was the first time where I kind of felt I had that pop shit going on with what the hip hoppers would say is pure lyricism. I had that combined. And I remember hearing this shit and I would play it for people. And some people would feel it, some people wouldn't. And that's when I knew I had a different ears than certain people and shit. It just said a lot. Return of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping, but they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, round javelin, something mind unraveling. Get down. Return of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park. So they grow up in the dark, never seeing light, so they end up being like your sorry ass. Robbing niggas and broad ass, they like get down. Return the niggas of say, the motherfuckers say, uh, it's a return of the gangster. Thanks to them niggas who got them kids who got enough to buy an ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the zoo or to the park. So they grew up in the dark, never seeing light, so they end up being like your sorry ass, robbing niggas in broad as daylight. Get down. That there was like the best shit I heard ever. It's true. It's motherfuckers out here that will hustle up with their friends to go get an ounce of weed, but don't know what downtown Chicago look like. Not with their son, they don't. Not with their daughter, they don't. It's more truer than the music will let it be. It's, it's an unsaid truth. And to really identify with it, you have to really know that situation. And I do. And then furthermore,
It's the return of the gangster, thanks to them niggas that think you soft and say y'all be gospel rapping. But they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, rhyme jiving, something manly rapping. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. The niggas who get the wrong impression of expression, then the question is big, boy. What's up with Andre? Is he in the coat? Is he on drugs? Is he gay? When y'all gonna break up? When y'all gonna wake up? Nigga, I'm feeling better than ever. What's wrong with you? You get down. Andre, what's up with Andre? Is he on coke? Is he on dope? Is he drunk? Is he, on... he better than ever, nigga. I'm better than ever. What's wrong with you? You get down. He did check a few motherfuckers with that, and gratefully so, because that's when that shit stopped. That all that uh, hoopla about what he was doing when, you know, he was selling the show. He was uh, being an entertainer. Being cold has no boundaries. Being a cold rapper. So he actually given a lot of game. And, this, and, and I took it as it was something to be studied. And I remember playing the song back, back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He just said a whole lot of truths and, and real motherfuckers can feel this. Everything up in here, he, he bringing up a topic and then he, he giving you a perfect answer Like I said, it's an almost unspoken truth that you identify with. First couple bars, was like, ooh, that sh- this nigga, you know, it was it was like he hitting right on the nail. It said, uh, it's a return of the gangster, thanks to them niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an eight-month-old child to raise, but you true blue about this music, but they do not want to hear it because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing the shit. This is This is my life. Sitting looking at it, hearing it through the speakers. This is this is my life. People do incredibly satanic shit to each other. I don't say evil, but you gotta put incredibly satanic. When you can cut a motherfucker up. When you run up in somebody's house trying to steal ten thousand dollars worth of cocaine and you ready to kill kids over it, and in the bigger picture, people spend ten thousand dollars at a club on a bottle of champagne. That's the bit in the sweet of, of of life, and you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a thinker, so I was able to elevate to his wavelength at the time, and what he was trying to relate to his fans, and I and I and I caught it. It was the first of his time, the first piece of work of his kind to me, and it's not just me because I've I've spoke about it even in uh, my older life with with coworkers, friends, girlfriend, and a lot of. Outcast music will come up as some of the greatest. And these are some people from different backgrounds, different neighborhoods. This is one of the songs that everybody, if you're an Outcast fan at all, then you, you know this song. Return of the G. Return of the Gangster. So that's what that song symbolized for me. It's just, it's just the epitome of saying it like it is, but being good. Besides, I ain't a thief, they won't pay me a visit, so if I come to your job, take your corn on the cob and take a couple kernels off it, that would be alright with you. Hell no. Yeah, 
exact mundo But we just keep recording and it ain't to get no condo And candid Bentley Fanny with no panties in Miami And that cute little chick named Tammy that you took to the Grammy See we do it for that boy that graduated That looked you in your eyes real tough and said appreciate it And that he wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for your CD number 9 And he's standing with his baby mama Kiki and she crying Talking about that they used to get hot to me in hot school And they used to make love to me in college Then they told me about they first date Listening to my tunes and high heat Like tough fingernail polish I say hate to cut you off but I gotta go I wish you could tell me more But I'm off to the studio Gotta write tonight Hey, can you put us in your raps? I don't see why not I started going to the bride I actually went back to school 2001 when the plane crashed into the building Slowly but surely my business that I was working for They went out of business Laid people off I got unemployment for two years In those two years I was selling weed. My guys, I was still in the projects. I was just making it work. I was getting unemployment. I was hustling. I was doing music. I had gotten to the situation. I got into the situation in the projects. The last day I really like this is I actually left the projects. This is and this is when I was 20, 21. You know, I moved out, came back, moved, and, but you know, I always stayed in contact. My friends was there. I had this weed that I, I can get you. That they were glad to sell. I was getting it for a little of nothing. You know, and I was just making this profit off of it and just giving them what I was like, great. They they figured I was a, a great friend. I was helping them take care of their kids, really. You know, and these guys had loyalty to me. And would do anything I told them. Still friends with them to this day. I hustled a little bit. I uh, got into this altercation in the projects with this different building. It was actually uh, my brother got into a situation where he, he uh, like choked out this young boy. The young boy was getting flipped with him, talking crazy, and, you know, my brother was just, uh, I've been doing this since your age, little nigga, who out the band, you gonna respect me, and he choked out the little boy. The boy going to a seizure. They wake him up. He go run, tell his cousin. He happened to be cousin to this guy, and they all, it's, it's just like we got our group over here ready to go, they ready to go too, don't fuck with them. So I got into a situation where they had the entire Count, which is more of like their staff, the, the count of people in there, and their clique came. It had to be 20, 30 people. At the time that this happened, everybody was down having a good time, drunk, acting a fool. Uh, it had to be about 10, 15 of us. When the shit went down, they all ran in the building ready to fight. It was me and four other people. When shit really gets bad, like, you know, people with their first thought is self-preservation. You know, who really wants to fight 30 people? I don't want to fight 30 people. I know I can't run leave him, though. Dog, my projects is sweet. But if you ain't from where I'm from, like some dog don't come or you getting beaten. Yeah, we cheating, dog, that's automatic. We greedy. Plus, we're trying to beat the needy, dog, with all the cash. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. We sell a few drugs, bust a few slugs, and pimp a few hoes. Don't let us find a dick and higgity. Dog, we turn them into spigotties. With shorties off and riggities. So if you ain't from here, I'm with my guys. Don't even roll through. Cause all the traffic getting minimized Cries for help cause you got carjacked Niggas will roll for a minute Then pass it to the heights to sell a car back And once you get it, it'll be stripped down Thugs, then got your system and your dubs And want your crib now Y'all better get it in respect Cause it pay to pay for a day up in my project So long story short, we, we got jumped In our building After that, it, was, it, it, it didn't go over so well for them Because, you know, we, we were fighters And we just fought, fuck it one of the guys who actually was the governor, ranking member of, of the GDs at one particular time, he just happened to be walking through past this event. 
and he knew us, and he knew the guys that we were into it with. They were actually his nephews. He came in, it was like, oh, 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 and it was like party like the Red Sea. Everybody stopped fighting. My brother didn't want to just let it all be all, and he stayed talking back and forth, and we talking back and forth, and I'm just, I'm just letting him really know, like, you know, y'all, you what we consider punks, you you, you bitches, you, it's thirty of y'all, we still here, and it was something stupid. I could have just got on about my way, but I couldn't leave them. We, we just, it wasn't enough. The guy was trying to mediate peace or whatever. The police were on their way, and we got to fighting again. The only, the only reason to stop the second time because the police came. Everybody started running, so. Everyone that I was with was hurt badly, except for me. But I remember being so hurt in my heart. Like, I was, I, I think about it now, it, it, it angers me now. Like, I felt betrayed and with the people that were supposedly with me and with the guys that came over. Uh, originally, one of my other brothers who went by, who went like crazy, did, went to the bipolar shit, he ran with that clique. Those guys, I would wake up and they would be sleeping in my living room. You know what I mean? My father used to wake up and put him out. <clears throat> my brother was wrong, but I don't, you know, I don't think it was it was worthy of. You know, I felt like once I felt like they was cool with me. We, you know, but then he let you know that the streets is grimy and uh, friends ain't really friends. After that day, the they, 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 they wanted, it didn't turn out. Like I said, we, we put up a fight and they didn't feel like it was over with. So they, 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 they began to look for us. You know, I didn't live there. I just was over there really just talk, talking shit, spending money. And my daily job was pick up my unemployment or dial, call it in and pick up a pound of weed or drop it off here and you know, pick up my money. That was, that's what I did for two years. But my unemployment had ran out that month, the same month. And I remember thinking, like, I can't go back over here. They're looking for me. You know, it's the first time I can't go back to my own neighborhood, I felt like. You know, unless I'm ready to to get into this lifestyle where you like I'm when I see them, I'm gonna shoot at them. No, I don't. That's you know, that's that's when you've given up hope for a, a, a real civilized life. You know, when you really have to live like that. Who, I mean, unless you have nothing left, you've exhausted all your options. You should never take that route. I was smart enough not to. Some people would say I was a bitch. I didn't go to war. That's the black culture. You didn't. Go to war over something stupid that you guys are probably wrong for in the first place. You know, my brother putting his hands on the little boy and him going to get his family. They were within right to retaliate. Because what should have happened is being in the same gang, they would have brought somebody with authority, told him the situation, and they would have just beat my brother up. They would have took him up and violated him. I'm pretty sure you know. But no, nah, they just tried to come and, be, and treat everybody. So we, we, it went down. But they, they, you know, it turned into something that we wasn't really trying to go there. Was, I was making a couple dollars from the weed, but it wasn't worth going to war for. These people were selling crack. They were buying benzes and shit. So, no, we couldn't even deal with them financially. So, I went home that week. I applied for a job at Nordstrom. They called me the next day. I worked there for seven years. I never went back to the projects in that way. All right, all right. 
ain't getting out of bed today. Nine to five to survive, there's gotta be a better way than waking up early to punch in the clock. How I look a grown man with my lunch in a box. Put my kids' knees, socks, and shoes. I'm walking through the office. Yelling, who you talking to? Don't you know on the streets I would've? Never mind, the past is the past, I gotta leave it behind But man, back on the block, I was a bona fide hustler Spot popping off until the police rushed us, retail. handcuffed us I Sold designer shoes for six years Highest grossing year, I made $75,000 I, I had a great adult life I went around the world before music Most importantly, I was in retail, I was in customer service I was in the greet and meet business, if that makes it, the sales business you know, I know people. I know I know what a agitated husband looks like when he's waiting on his fucking wife. You know, I mean, I just got a few skills that um, apply to my music. It makes me, make, makes me a better, more interesting figure, actually. Now, let me just tell you, my mother raised us on $472 a month. It's four boys in the projects. Rent was $80. She had food stamps. Food stamps, she'd get $290 a month. I overcame... Obstacles, they, they weren't like big, wasn't like impossible shit to do. It was just stick to the game plan, find something, don't go to jail for selling drugs, try to get involved in this white, in this white America. Try to get involved, you do something different. Everybody dying around you, everybody selling drugs. These are the motherfuckers my daddy sitting talk about. He come in from work. My daddy was a laboratory technician. My daddy would make upwards of $40,000 a year. We still lived in the projects, why? I don't know. Our life wasn't bad. We always had food. My father was into some things, you know, that I don't want to talk about. But, you know, I rose from that. Until the police rushed us, handcuffed us. I thought I was gone. Could have cried thinking I'd miss my son being born. But I was blessed, beat the case. Now I'm trying to reform. But these white folks make it so hard to move on. You got to jump through hoops. Anger management groups. But the fact I'm still standing here today is proof that hated I thought I couldn't take it they said I couldn't make it feeling brand new I got nothing to lose I'm about to make moves my gift is that I make great music at this rapid pace and my output is is fast it's not a fluke it really is not a fluke that's my my goal right now I think I'm proving it in, in which ways like I can tell you I, I don't have a manager I don't have a publicist anything you know I walk into the rec label meetings you ask guys ask me to come over here I come by myself you know I'm, I'm not a superstar in, in my head you know what I mean I'm, I'm a regular individual I'm grounded and I, and I think that just the, the, the music gonna do everything because there's no there's, I'm filling the void that there's, not, there's no one like me and like I tell you it's them and then it's true. As I check my review, it's no cops around hand me a bill too. All the homies locked up, give me a year too. Keep that the same way, and I can hear too. They say to me, young niggas never change. Smart nigga, dumb bitches, give me half a brain. In the club, rob niggas, they can make it rain. But soon as I get my money, I have to make a change. Just show me where my office is. I'm worse than my father is. Little brothers got me taking care of pop kids. So when I see my pops, it's kind of awkward. Hip hop matters because it's it's a, it's a it's a real a thriving life source. It's like uh, as if I'm asking why does hip hop matter would be asking why is there horse radish? 
people like different shit.